We love Brother Harry. We are so thankful for his anointed ministry. We feel like he's a part of this church in so many ways. He's been preaching here for over 10 years. We want him to come and preach his heart. Would you welcome our evangelist, Brother Josh Herring. God bless you. Everybody said praise the Lord. Man, my daughter's famous already. She's been alive like five days. She's on the big screen. Aren't you glad to be in the presence of the Lord this morning? You've honored the bishop and pastor and love them very, very much and appreciate him. I was just leaned over and told him, I said, it's been 14 years preaching here. Uh, and so God has been so good and so excited to be uh, part of what the Lord's done here in this church. Just, just, but uh, what a great service we had this morning. And, and I'm not going to preach on the Holy Ghost today. I feel the word from the Lord this morning and I feel it again today. And, and the Lord is definitely doing wonderful things. Thank you for praying for us. So glad to have a beautiful uh, princess who I have no idea what to do. I have no idea at all what to do with life now. I'm broken and broke and um, <laughs> will always be that way. And but, uh, it's, it's precious. She's, uh, she's a doll, man. Girls totally different than boys. I, I was jacked up when the boys were born. I was quoting verses to them like, you know, you'll be a warrior for God. And here I was just like crying. totally a wimp now <laughs> but don't go near her if you're a guy amen <laughs> praise the lord amen. hebrews chapter 11 i'm just playing hebrews chapter 11 give honor to all the elders here today hebrews 11 verse 6 and verse 7 praise god i'm so blessed to have the leadership that you have here with the myers family such incredible incredible people Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark. Someone say prepared an ark. To the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning from the subject, I'm preparing for my next miracle. I'm preparing for my next miracle. Would you turn to your neighbor and just tell them, I'm preparing for my next miracle. Turn to your other neighbor and let them know, I'm preparing for my next miracle miracle. Lord Jesus, loose the gift of faith right now in this place. Bind every attack on anybody, any family in Jesus' name. Let things shift today. Let things break open today, I pray in Jesus' name. Let hovering miracles manifest in the physical in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? He's so good. Praise God. He's so good. Amen. You may be seated. I would say that most everyone that's of age of this, in this building and even some of our children have seen or felt a miracle from God at one point or time in their life. Someone has felt or heard or seen a miracle from the Lord. 
And therefore, because you have felt that or seen that, whether it was physical or financial or emotional or something at your job or something in your family, when you saw that miracle or you felt it or you heard about it, uh, you now know that God is a miracle worker. And therefore, it should not shock you that God can do a miracle again for you today in your life because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so whatever he did before, he can do again. Can I get a witness? Whatever he did yesterday, he can do tomorrow. That's who he is. He's not just the God that opens blinded eyes in the New Testament. He opens blind eyes in 2018 as well. He is the healer still today like he was yesterday. And so it should not shock you if God did something before for God to do it again. The reason why Joshua knew that the Jordan River would open up when they were there staring down Jericho was because he was there when the Red Sea opened up when Moses stretched out the rod. So he knew. God can open water. I've seen him do it before. The reason why Elijah knew that rain was going to fall when he prayed was because three and a half years prior to that prayer meeting, he prayed and he stopped the rain from falling. And so he knew if I prayed and God stopped the rain, I can pray and God will start the rain. The reason why Elisha knew that the Jordan River would split open when he struck it with Elijah's mantle was because a few minutes before Elijah struck the river with the mantle and the river parted and whatever you've seen God do before you should have faith that God can do again the reason why there was people at the pool of Bethesda waiting on a miracle and an angel at the water was because the angel had been there before and whatever God has done God is still able to do if he provided yesterday he can provide today if he healed yesterday, he can heal tomorrow. Somebody shout hallelujah. I found 16 years of traveling every single week across the world and, and being blessed by God to see miracles that, that there's two, two essential elements when it comes to the miraculous taking place in someone's life uh, when a miracle is hovering near someone when someone's about to get healed or get that job or get that answer to prayer whatever the situation is there's two things they have to have number one they have to have expectation in their spirit if you do not have expectation, you really cannot hope that God will give you a miracle. Expectation is the birthplace for the miraculous. When there's expectation in somebody's spirit, it's hard to keep them from a miracle because they just expect God is going to get through this and make a way somehow. There are people in this room that will tell you, I was backed up against the wall, but I expected God to come through and God made a way out of no way. Is there anybody that can testify about that that he's still the way maker he still provides when there's no other avenue of provision he still delivers when there's no access out he is the god of yesterday today and forever and he can do it again hallelujah the reason why samson 
absolutely after he killed a thousand people he absolutely expected God to somehow give him water he was so thirsty he just killed a thousand men with a jawbone of a donkey and he yells at God almost and says come on there's no way you gave me that victory to let me die of thirst if you wanted me to die you would have let me die in the battle but because you just gave me a victory I expect because you protected me you're going to provide for me can I preach to someone protection is a connection to provision if God has ever protected you provision always follows protection so if God has been protecting you lately you ought to thank him because provision is always going to follow a protective act of God and God protected him and then God provided but in between protection and provision there must be expectation that God is going to do something with this trial that I am in God is going to bring me out of this somehow because he protected me I expect him to provide for me he didn't do that to drop me here I love to tell people that but I also love to remind myself of it he didn't do that to drop me here and when you tap into expectation you start to thank the Lord for what he's done before there's nothing like specific thanksgiving there's nothing like saying God I remember on June 12th when this need was there and you came through oh when you have a need today and you bring up a miracle from yesterday it brings up expectation in your spirit you want to know how to stir expectation up start to think on what the Lord has already done I told them this morning I remember when grandma used to sing it look what the Lord has done he healed my body he touched my mind he saved me just in time there's something about remembering what the Lord, we've got too many people that get over the miracles way too fast. They're crying when they're in need and they're over it five seconds later. But if you can look back at what the Lord has done five years ago, five months ago, five weeks ago, maybe this morning, it wouldn't be hard to expect him to come through today when you realize how he is a good God. How good has he been to you? Ask your neighbor, how good has he been to you? Has he ever healed you? Has he ever touched you? Has he ever provided for you if he has he's worthy of thanksgiving he's worthy of praise let everything that hath breath praise he the Lord somebody shout hallelujah without faith without faith it is impossible Possible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Not that he was or that he will be. You've got to believe that God is God right now. That he is. And that he's a rewarder. Mestapadates. That means he is the employer. The boss. The one who pays your wages. He is the rewarder of them. That diligently seek him. Diligently seek him as exteo in the Greek. It literally means to crave him. To investigate him. To demand back from him. To require of him. To search him. That's what he's telling the people I 
reward those that crave me. I reward I reward people that expect something from me. If you've just come to watch, you can't really hope for a miracle. But if you've come craving me and desiring me where nothing else matters, I'm going to hear that prayer. Expectation is where things happen. There's phrases all throughout your Bible that are expectation phrases. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed is an expectation phrase. When the man said rise up and walk, that's an expectation phrase. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That's an expectation phrase. Such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Peter said, rise up and walk. That's an expectation statement. And we blast the lame man who sat at the gate looking for money that day. When Peter looked at him, he was looking for money instead of a miracle. He had lowered his sights from miracles to blessings. He just wants something to get through. But there's a key word. That the reason why he got the miracle, there's a key word. When Peter talked to him, the Bible said he lifted up his eyes expecting to receive something from them. Even though his expectation had been diminished and had been lowered, there was something inside of him that had a little bit of expectation at the house of God. Can I just tell you as a faith preacher you might have just a tiny bit of expectation we can work with that this morning if you just come with a little expectation that God can do something to get you through today we can work with that God will use that it's when there's no expectation that nothing happens I've not come to worship I've come to criticize that's when nothing happens but when there is expectation all he wanted was money but he had a big miracle coming Peter said I can work with that he just wants a little something but he expects it to happen he sat there expecting the miracle to happen now as a faith preacher when you talk about miracles and expectation people normally get with you because that's where we're at yes I expect it I can tap into that but the Lord told me there's something else that people are missing when it comes to miracles and that is preparation they expect it but they do not prepare for it you can expect God to heal you of diabetes but if you ate three gallons of ice cream this morning on the way to church You are expecting, but you are not preparing. You can expect God to bless your business, but if you're not paying your tithes, you can sit there, it's cute. You're not preparing for your miracle. You can sit there and expect God to save your backslidden baby, but if you skip every Sunday night, You can't expect your baby to be faithful to God when you just expect it, but don't prepare your own life. Can I get a witness of anybody in here? We like expectation. See how it just gets... Because we think if I expect, that's all I'm supposed to do. That's my responsibility. Expect God moves. Expect, but don't prepare. 
that is not the formula for the miraculous. The formula is you expect and you prepare for it. What is preparation? Preparation is having faith in your expectation. Expectation is having faith in God. Preparation is I'm going to take my faith in God and have faith in my faith in God. In other words, I'm going to invest in what I'm believing for. You see, anybody can expect it to happen, but if you're preparing for what you're expecting, you're far more likely to receive because you're taking steps toward your miracle. Anybody can expect it and wait. You can expect the Lord to heal your lame friend, those four men carrying him in, but you can expect it all day long outside the house. Nothing's going to happen, but if you go break a roof open. I just went from expectation to preparation. I'm preparing for it now. There's a big difference. I was expecting it, but now I'm taking steps to make sure what I've expected becomes reality. I don't know about you, but I get tired of hovering prophecies, hovering miracles, hovering promises. I want to start stepping toward what I know is out there. I told them this morning... We've had, we've had three babies in the last four years. Somebody pray for us, Jesus' name, dear God. But we had three babies in the last four years. And each time, I've noticed something. Janae, for about the first seven, eight months, seven months especially, she's expecting. But that last two months, like, she changes. And she's like... I told him this morning, she was like, we got to clean that drawer out in the bathroom. I'm like, what drawer? The drawer between the two cabinets. Like, There's a drawer there? Yes, it's driving me crazy. In case the baby comes, the drawer's got to be clean. What? Like a month before the baby was born, she's like, we got to go to Orlando. we got to get this. we got to get the car seat. We're, we need more onesies. We need more one. We need bibs. You see... Women call it nesting. It's preparing. As long as you're just carrying it, thinking it's going to be a while before it gets here, you can be in expectation mode. But when the miracle gets closer, see, only she could feel it on the, oh. I don't know what she's, I'm like, okay, let's go to Orlando and get this. I'm thinking we have plenty of time. That's why you can never let your neighbor determine the outcome of your situation by how they judge you when you worship and how you give and how you pray because they don't know what you feel on the inside. They don't know what's going on and you know something's about to happen. Somebody praise him like something's about to happen. Somebody worship him like you just felt something. just expecting i'm preparing god has something for me god has something for you (laughs) preparation for the oncoming miracle it's coming oh 
I can't see it, but it's coming. I'm preparing for it. You may not believe in me, but I'm preparing for it. I'm training for it. I'm expect David. Why do you think you can take on Goliath? You're a kid. He is nine feet tall with 232 pounds of armor on, not including the man with a shield in front of him. You are a kid with a rock and a rag. Why do you think you can fight Goliath? Um, I've been throwing this rock at trees over and over and over and stumps and weeds. Oh, yeah. And lions and bears. The reason why I think I can handle the giant is because I've been preparing in private. I've been preparing in secret. I've been praying when no one's looking. And my Bible said, if I pray in secret, my father will reward me openly. If I give in secret, my father will reward me openly. I'd like to talk to the givers in here right now. Do not be discouraged. You've been sacrificing and you've been giving, but God will get the last word and God will openly bless you where you've secretly prepared. Somebody ought to receive it right now and thank him like it's already done. That's how it happens. I've been preparing and God is going to bless. <laughs> oh, that lady had that. She was barren. Remember that in Second Kings 4, I believe. She's barren. She can't have any kids. She's, she's got all the money in the world. She's blessed, but she can't have a kid. And she keeps having this not just any preacher, Elisha, show up at her house, and he's sitting there all the time, eats dinner, but there's no room for him to stay, so he has to bail every time he eats dinner and go stay somewhere else. And every time he comes and eats, she's waiting. He's going to tell me, I'm going to have a baby. I'm giving him this food. He's going to tell me. She's expecting it. But every time he comes, he leaves without prophesying it to her. And finally, she said, wait a second. Expectation is getting me nowhere. I need to prepare like something's coming. If I had a baby, we wouldn't even have a nursery. I'm going to build a room. <laughs> I'm going to let the preacher stay in the room in preparation for the prophecy that's going to come out of his mouth that's going to end up being a nursery for my child and so she builds the room and here comes the preacher and he gets in the room he, he calls her to the doorway and he prophesies about this time about nine months from now you're going to have a baby oh because preparation always connects you where expectation only brings you you can lead a horse to water can't make him drink that's expectation you can come to the doorway and you can but you start preparing for it this is going to happen god's going to do this god's going to make a way he can't refuse those that diligently seek him those that crave him those that are pursuing him those that are giving in secret those that are praying in secret those that are fasting and he can't reject that i'm going to prepare for my miracle come Daniel survived a lion's den oh he'd been praying three times a day <laughs> why in the world would God do anything for me if I'm not preparing 
Noah heard a word from God. I'm going to destroy the earth. I'm going to save you though. Noah said, I'm going to prepare this ark. I'm going to move with fear because I know God has something for me. But expectation's not enough. I've got to prepare for my protection from God. Remember, remember when Samson was arrested and they cut out his eyes and he's, he's blind and they shaved all of his hair and he's got no strength now and they put him in prison and history says for two years he pushed that, forget how many hundreds of pounds that millstone was around in a circle, two years. But the Bible said as soon as he got in that prison cell or that little hole in the ground wherever he was that his hair began to grow. So you can't tell me after two years, Samson, even though he was blind, didn't know he was shaggy. In two years, he's pushing this, watch, he's pushing this millstone. I can't see, but boy, I've got some strength. I'm pushing this thing. Well, they're teasing me and talking bad about me, but oh God, if you give me one chance. You give me one opportunity. You open one door, God. I'm gonna. You get me somewhere I can push something. I'm gonna push this in private because if I get to a place where there's pillars in public, and he pushed in private, and he strained. And he trained in private day after day. It was forced training. He wasn't even, he he had no choice. They made him do this. But even though that's why it's so powerful, God will let the enemy talk to you and have their way with you in the entire time while they're attacking you. They're training you for something. Uh, So. It was good that I was afflicted, the Bible said. There's something about letting the enemy have his way and talk. The Lord said, agree with your adversary. Yeah, he's doing what he wants to do. But while he's doing that, I'm smarter than him. I'm working something. I'm doing something even greater. I'm letting him train you. I'm letting Pharaoh raise you, Moses, because there's coming a day. You're going to come back and say, let my people go, and you will not fear the palace because you were raised in the palace. You're going to have an anointing over your adversity. He pushed and Samson finally was brought in front of everybody and they said we're going to mock him we're going to make sport of him which means to throw objects at him we're going to throw objects at him and he said I can't see but can somebody give me a couple pillars why I've been preparing for this moment I can't do it without you God but I'm sure going to try to do it with you God my dad raised me you pray like it all depends on God but you work like it all depends on you and you combine those two things and God will bless that mentality God is not God doesn't have to bless a mentality where God I pray for you to do it while I sit here I, I said this morning we've got too many people that have had dreams from God but now the dream has become a daydream they've begun to just sit there and wait on what they were promised from God and nothing's happening because they're daydreaming on what God promised them when God gives you a dream you've got to go into joseph mode you've got to say i'm gonna work until this thing happens i know it's from god i know you won't believe in it but i'm gonna work my gifting in the prison cell when it's dark and no there's no sign that god's gonna come through for me it's a nightmare almost i'm gonna keep working and keep preparing and keep training i want to send the butler back to the palace and let him have his favor and his season and keep sitting here in the dungeon but i'm going to keep working for god because if i prepare long enough 
I know we're not shouting, but I'm praying that this message goes beyond the altar call. Sometimes we shout our little, we shout the, the, the answer, and, and I'm all for that. About 30 seconds, two minutes, five minutes, we pray, and then we forgot what the preacher preached before we get to the house. I'm praying that before you get home, something's in you that says, I've got to discipline myself for what God has for me. I've got to train myself. I've got to get ready. Something big is coming. I know one thing about God. Anytime God starts telling you to prepare... Something big is coming, bigger than what you think is coming. And when God says, work on you, prepare you, train yourself, something is coming. I heard a preacher say one time, because when God gave, the first thing God did with mankind, he put him in a garden and he said, dress it, keep it. He made man a manager. That's the first obligation, first job man ever had was being a manager. And he said this, he said, God will never give you what you ask for, but he will always give you what you can manage. And if you're asking God for great things, but you can't even manage what's going on right now. The word said, how can a man be a bishop if he can't rule his own house? In other words, how can a man expect to have a congregation of people that follow him if he can't rule his own family? In other words, how can I expect, oh, how can I expect God to do great things for me when I'm undisciplined right here? My boy, one of my boys is about to be three this month. He literally asked me at the park the other day. We were getting ready to go to the house and some, in the house is just right down the street. He said, dad, daddy. I drive. I said, no, we're going home. He said, yeah, I drive. I said, I don't think so. He said, I drive. I said, no, he started crying. I drive. He expected. But he's not prepared. I would be a terrible father. Risking my own life. If I got in the car seat and said, drive, Jet, you expected it, I trust you. Because I'm his father. I know he's not old enough. He's not ready enough. But there will come a day. Can I just tell you the Lord knows what he's doing and there's coming a day and your prayer's going to be answered. But you've got to let God train you. Stand to your feet right now. Please. Somebody just scream it out. Thank you for the process. They screamed at God at the edge of the Red Sea. Come on. Come on, Lord. And God could have just said, let's go around it. But the problem was, if they would have went around it, so would their past. Their enemies would have followed them right around. But God knew if you go through it, I can drown what's chasing you in it. But some things you only know the value of. When you go through it. And when you've been training. And you've been. I don't know why I'm telling this. But I'm going to say it. The devil's going to chirp in your ear. And yell at you the whole time. Well that's all in vain. Not going to happen. You're wasting your time. You're a fool. 
Nobody even sees it. Just keep throwing that rock at that tree, David. Well, you're being crazy, David. And you don't know about my encounter with Goliath that's coming. And while you sit and mock, I will be on the battlefield in victory that I've been preparing for. In my own life, the Lord has been overhauling me in the last two months in every personal way to, to prepare. I mean, spiritually, emotionally, nutritionally, financially, physically, mentally, every way. Train, prepare yourself. And if you will work when no one can see it. Ready? I can trust you. If he's testing you, it's because he wants to trust you with something. And the hardest part of the test is right in the middle of it. The teacher leaves the room. And God gets silent and the sub comes in. And the devil starts telling you you're not going to pass it. You only have a little bit of time left. You should be further along than what you are. The problem is, if I listen to the voice during the test, I stop preparing and I start backing up and believing. And then I go back to just expecting someday God's going to do it. But if I can endure the darkness, endure the silence, and keep preparing myself for what I cannot see, there is coming a day. Luke 145, I believe, or 146 said this, that Elizabeth told Mary, there shall be a performance of the things told you from the Lord. And that in the Greek is there shall be an event that verifies your promise. I want you to get that for a second. She said there shall be a performance of those things told her from the Lord. And in the Greek that's there shall be an event that will verify your promise. In other words, you're on God's calendar right now. There's a certain date, a calendar date. You don't even know the day right now. All you know is the Lord sent this preacher and only preached to you about the Holy Ghost to tell you, keep preparing, keep preparing, keep preparing, keep praying, keep disciplining, keep giving, keep seeking, keep doing all you can do, keep being faithful, keep training, keep training. Why? Because there's something coming. I close with this. The word said we're to walk in the spirit and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know what walking is? Walking is consistent stepping. If I take one step on Monday and say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to walk with God. And I get up tomorrow morning and I pray and I read my chapters in my Bible and I, and I, and I meditate on the word and I, and I give my all to God, but I don't do anything till next Saturday. I'm not walking. I just took a step and stopped. But walking is I do that Monday and I do it again Tuesday and I do it again Wednesday and I do it again Thursday and I do it again Friday and I do it again Saturday and when I come back next Sunday 
I'm not so depressed. I'm not so defeated. I don't feel like a failure. Why? Because I've been preparing. I've been walking in the spirit. Is there anybody that needs a miracle right now? Family, physical, financial, mental, emotional. Now, normally I would bring you down here. You know me. I would pray a prayer of faith. I don't feel to do that. I feel to pray a prayer of preparation. I'm going to pray for things like decisiveness, sincerity, humility, character, integrity. Well, I know we don't like that. No, just give me the, give me the miracle. I'm trying to give you the, the key to the miracle. We work on us and we expect God to move and God will move. If you've got a need and you're ready for God to give you a shift, would you come down here right now? There's something going to happen this week for somebody. Something going to happen before they get home. I'm ready for a change. I'm tired of daydreaming. I'm tired of wasting time. I'm tired of hovering promises. While I sit here and watch others, it's affecting my spirit. I need to get my eyes on you, Lord, and not on the waters. You know where the greatest place to get a miracle would be today? Your mind. If you leave here with a shifting, with a transformation right here, if you leave here with the word in your spirit, and you begin to discipline every area of your life in pursuit of what God has, you're being like Jesus, first of all. I believe his word said, I go to prepare a place for you. He's not going to expect you. He's going preparing for you to come. He's preparing right now. Do you realize that right now he's preparing your place? God, don't let it be said that you're working and I'm watching. You're preparing and I'm daydreaming. You're trying to get me there and I'm getting in the way. We blame the devil for so many things. But the truth is, Josh Herring is Josh Herring's worst enemy. And if I can learn to pin hell here and pin Josh here, the results manifest and multiply. I'm going to pray with you. Would you pray with me right now? Would you open up your heart? that God would begin to do something right now that Lord would you shine a light where I'm undisciplined would you shine a light where I'm untrained would you open up my spirit right now to what you want to do do I need to pray more do I need to give more am I inconsistent in my praying am I inconsistent in my faithfulness to church am I inconsistent in my tithing am I inconsistent in my walk with you I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would increase our character. You would increase our 
integrity. You would increase our humility. I pray right now, oh God, that you would give us deeper sincerity, that we would become more commitment-oriented, that we would fulfill our obligation, that we would do your word, obey your will. Give me decisiveness. Give me, as Isaiah said, give us a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of understanding, a spirit of understanding. Maybe instead of praying for the gifts, I should start praying for the fruits of the spirit. Now you're up here because you have a need. You have a need. And I believe you're in expectation or you wouldn't be up here. Anybody can have a need, but you came up here because you've got expectation. That's, that's the first step. But now you've got to have preparation. What can you do this week to prepare yourself for what God has? Well, if it's a physical miracle, I, I can't do anything about it. Yeah, I know I can't. But you could, you, could tr- you could change your nutrition. You could change your physical day. I'm telling you there are things you can do to not just say, God, it's all on you. If you heal, I'm going to say it. If you heal me or don't heal me, I'm going to prepare. If you bless me or don't bless me, I'm going to prepare. You save my kid, you don't save my kid. I'm going to get so faithful that I bug you, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you so much I get on your nerves. I'm going to pray so much that you can't, even, you can't even look away because I'm always talking to you. I am going to get faithful, God. Oh, I wish I could get this in the atmosphere right now. You can't lead anyone else if you don't lead yourself. So right now we're going to start praying for God to help us lead ourselves. God, get me connected. Show me what I need to do. Let me, God, get this in my spirit. Beyond the altar call. Let me make notable changes. Start journaling things. Start writing things down. Start disciplining your life. Whatever you need to do. Start finding ways to focus. I'm preparing for my miracle. I'm preparing for the favor of God. You know, let me just say this. that I saw this in the Bible yesterday about giving. This is nothing to do with what I'm going to say. But, but to the, well, I'm giving and I'm not. But let me just, let me say something but to those that who are givers. The word said, God loveth a, okay, cheerful giver. But the next verse is what needs to be preached. That when you're a cheerful giver. He is able to make all grace abound to you. And in every, in, in every way, make everything sufficient for, for the, every good work. In other words, everything you need and more leaps at you. To abound means to leap at you. God causes things to leap at you. Not when you give. When you cheerfully give. So maybe if you're a giver and you need God to bless you, you can start cheerfully giving. Guess what? Grace was going to jump at you. There's something you can do is what I'm trying to say. There's something you can do to prepare yourself for what God has. Grab your neighbor by the hand. 
This altar call is about to go home with you. Look him in the eye and tell him something big is coming. Tell him a shift is about to begin. Something's going to start right now. I'm going to pray for you. And God's going to give you discipline and determination. He's going to prepare you. He has something planned for you. I want you to start praying words of prophecy right now over your neighbor. Pray prophetic prayers over them. Cause you. Lift up your voice and pray with them right now that God would prepare them. Doesn't matter if you're 7 or 97. God's not through with you yet. If you quit preparing, you start dying. Start preparing. Start preparing. Start preparing. Start preparing. Start preparing. Something's coming. Something's coming. Something's coming. Something's coming. Prepare for it. Get ready for it. Train for it. Train for it. All right. This week you need to zone in in the spirit. Zone in. Where are you weak at? And also, where are you passionate? Wherever you're passionate, start working there on your disciplines. It'll bleed over to where you're weak. It'll reveal the weaknesses. And then you'll start getting disciplined where you're weak. Start with where you're passionate so you don't drop the ball Tuesday and you're still sticking with it Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Wherever your passion is, that's where you can easily be disciplined. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Your passion will unleash the preparation. Your passion will unleash preparation. Why did this church go to two Sunday morning services? Because something big is coming that one service cannot hold. They're just preparing. The leader has the vision. He saw it happening. He's preparing. What miracle does God have in your house? What miracle does God have for your children? What miracle does God have in your job, in your ministry, in your marriage? Prepare. I'm going to have pastor come in a moment and pray a prayer covering over you. That everything, I'm going to ask him to pray a covering over everything that you pray and you pursue with discipline for the kingdom of God would be blessed and protected and ordered by the Lord. But I'm going to tell you, get zoned in.
get so focused that no matter what happened today, <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy enough. You got to know, we were, my wife was having the baby the other day, and I got this list of things, you know, that I'm, right, I journal, and I'm, now I'm journaling every move of my day, everything I eat, everything I do, every time, every, every, everything. It's just written, everything I do in my day is written down. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, you're going to take a break from pushing the baby. I said, okay, I need, I need to write this down. I need to write down what just happened. Well, that's crazy. But I, it, it hit me. I've been doing it so much. It's just natural. It's becoming natural. Do it so much. Prepare so much that you're not so focused on the goal as you're in love with the preparation. You're in love with what's going on. I'm loving. If you only stare at the goal and stare at, well, when's it going to happen? You won't even train hard today. But you don't even worry about that. Just pray in secret. Give in secret. Fast in secret. Be faithful every service. And you keep walking. And God is going to come bless everything that you touch. The favor of God, when this man prays for you, is about to fall in your life if you'll prepare. Hear me. I feel a key in the spirit. A season of favor is going to come to those that prepare. When they receive the word from their pastor, a season of favor will fall on their house if they prepare under his covering. Lift up your hands and your voices right now. In the name of Jesus, by the authority of your word, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, And by the power of the name of Jesus, I pray a double portion, God, of your blessing upon all of your people. Every family, every home, every marriage, every job, in the name of Jesus, that your name would be lifted up. That you would be glorified, oh God. I pray, Lord, that you would open up the windows of heaven. And that you would pour out a blessing that we're not even able to contain, oh God. And Lord, we commit to not just stand idly by and to wait for the miracle. But God, we're going to prepare for it. We're going to begin right now, God. And say, not only do I expect it, but I'm going to make room for it, oh God. I claim it right now in the name of Jesus. And you said where two or three are gathered in your name. They shall ask anything. And it shall be done. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, God. I wonder right now if we could begin to worship him in advance. That's part of the preparation. I'm not going to wait till I can see it in the natural eye. I'm going to begin to worship you, Lord, and thank you in advance, God. Thank you for the revelation, oh God. Thank you for the determination, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're going to not only expect but prepare for the miracle, why don't you turn and give your neighbor a high five right now and say, get ready.